the Pilot TV podcast this week, we're returning to the homeland with Claire Danes after that show's two-year absence, filling our eyes with all things Kingian with season two of Castle Rock, and last of all, witnessing the end with Sky Atlantic's mortality-themed series of the same name. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV podcast, specifically Terry's last Pilot TV podcast before she goes off to bring her own baby Yoda into the world. And to mark this special occasion, we are currently live streaming this particular episode on Instagram. And I can't think of anything that could possibly go wrong with that. Terry, how are you feeling about A, the baby, B, the live stream, and C, the whole debacle that is this podcast? Well, you've been trying to do this live stream for ages, so and let's not pretend it's like a special yeah. thing for me. Um uh, I'm feeling excited and trepidatious. Um, maybe semi hoping that I go into labour during this podcast. Well, that would be amazing, wouldn't yeah. it? We could live stream the birth here in the studio. Mm-hmm. It'd be pretty exciting. You'd be rubbish. I, 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 I would be here to provide a running commentary. Boyd could do the midwifery. I've just realised that the thing to do is to check on my Instagram. Yes, yes. See, and look, oh my. I think it's working. Okay, you need to turn the sound off because this is yeah, weird. Sorry. Turn the sound off. Oh, I've turned it off now completely. If anyone has any tips on how, whether, is it showing up in landscape? Um, oh, let's look again. Oh, you turned it off. Yeah, it's kind of on the, yeah, it's on the side, yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good. That's good. Okay. <laughs> turn the sound off. <laughs> right. But, you know, who'd be down the business end? Boyd. Boyd? Fine. Yeah. See? Fine. Definitely Boyd. I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay I'd be more that. of a roving reporter. Oh my yeah. god! Oh my god! Right? Can you imagine James mansplaining from yes, the business I end? No, the I think you'll find Terry. It is time to push at this particular moment in time. I'll be a comforting <laughs> figure, whereas you'll be like, yeah, irritating. Yeah, irritating. Yeah. Think you'll find your crowning. Yeah, <laughs> I think you'll find you are dilated to thirteen centimeters. <laughs> thirteen centimeters. I don't know. How big is the cervix? Oh my it's... god! How big do you think a vagina is? <laughs> oh, this is for a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> So, so, so I've given this some thought and I feel like even if you only end up taking a month off for your maternity leave, I think you're going to quickly slip into a kind of withdrawal situation and, you know, neither I nor Boyd, I would say, want that to happen. So I have prepared an all sci-fi and fantasy maternity watch list for your viewing pleasure. Oh, now, Christ. I would, would have nipped off to Computer Exchange to pick you up like a, a bumper Banshee Bonanza bag, but it would can end just, up sitting... Oh, my ah! God! Yeah. Boyd has been to Computer Exchange. Yeah. yeah. You've stolen my thunder. Go, uh, go I've for it. literally stolen your thunder. There go you on. go. Aww. What have you bought her? Look at this. You're seeing this live. Yeah. What, what, have, what have you got? What is it? It's, um, a touch oh, it's of, such a cloth. It's one of the earliest Banshees, I think, yeah. that I did. Because it's the touch of cloth, touch of cloth it was a piss, is a piss take of all of Terry's favourite um, proceed, police procedural types of shows. Um, and I thought we should like it, yeah. He paid Thank eight pounds for that. Yeah, I've left the price on. So you can see, it's not one of those cheapo ones. Yeah. Eight quid. That yeah. is proper high-end yeah, high exchange. exchange. There you go. Well, that's kind of completely yep. derailed this. Yeah. Thanks, Boyd. Thank, pleasure. Um, well, Terry never took any of my Banshee uh, computer exchange stuff home. It's still sitting in this no, barrel, apart I... from the two that we talked about last week. Thanks. So, uh, instead of doing that, we are going to do this as a kind of a list instead. Think of it as kind of required reading, sort of postnatal homework assignment uh, that you can plough through while you're doing your nighttime feeds. Maybe I can think of it like a watch list like modern people have, as opposed to you expecting me to cart around uh, fistfuls of yeah. actual DVDs. That seems fair. All right. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Should I write these down? Yes. Okay. First, your first thing that you're going to get, and so this is, this. think of this, I'll give you a night off. So this will be night two after the birth. Okay. Think you're in your living room. 
Yes. You're doing some kind of feed. It's taken hours. You haven't had any sleep. And what you're going to queue up is Star Trek Voyager Season 7, Episode 25, the series finale, Endgame Part 2. Now, this is the one in which Belana Torres gives birth to her daughter, Miral Paris, while Voyager is traversing a Borg transwarp conduit back to the Alpha Quadrant. (laughs) You are. Yeah. Hot fact, baby Miral was considered by a certain sect of Klingons to be the Kuvamach, which was the chosen one to lead the Klingon Empire back to glory even though she was only a quarter Klingon. Is this to send me to sleep or the baby to sleep? I mean, it might do a bit of both. Yes. <laughs> All right, so that's, that's number one. Second on oh your God, list. How many have we many, got? Yeah, can we oh. just find out first how many there are? <laughs> this, is, this is classic James Dyer. I'm going to introduce a brand yeah. new segment that be, will take yeah. 45 minutes. Even longer than his last Banshee, which yes. was, I remember, three hours long. Second, second is The Witcher, episode oh. four of Banquets, Bastards what? and Burials. So in this one, in this one, Geralt of Rivia, our Witcher, uh, attends a feast thrown by Queen Calanthe of Sintra uh, and we're introduced to the law of surprise and the law of surprise is a thing in which a person if they save someone else's life they can claim as a reward something that person has but doesn't know they have and this often turns out to be a child because they're often pregnant and don't know about it and it results in this in the case it's an unborn baby so lots of lols from that one this episode also includes for your viewing pleasure a hedgehog night what do you mean and a hedgehog that's a knight so a hedgehog in armour with a sword a hedgehog knight Okay, night, night three? Next. No, night four. Where no, are no, we? Okay, well, that was... Anyway, the next night, whatever next night is, Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> season two, episode 18, in which this is downloaded. This is in which we find out what happened on Caprica with the Cylons, because it's from a Cylon point of view. But more importantly, we see the birth of Hera, half human, half Cylon child. You see there's a theme to this. You, you picked up on the Children. subtle. Yes, oh, yeah. that's okay. it. That's it. Good, good, good. Uh, Just checking. You know, I'm not missing. Yeah. Anything. So the child is born. Admittedly, they do then fake the child's death and it's abducted by the president. But I thought we'd just gloss over that. Bit. Okay. Okay. Is that yeah. it? No, no, of course no. not. There's oh, more. Naive. For, your, for <laughs> the rest of I mean, Star Trek Next Generation uh, from season two, the offspring in which Data creates a child called Lull. And this also acts as a nice foundation for Star Trek Picard. Your continuing viewings of that, which of course you will be streaming on Amazon during your maternity. <laughs> Oh, look at this. She's already bored of this. I'm so But I'm going to press on because I'm not one to give up. So, um, Farscape, season two, oh, episode to one. bring out a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Mind the baby, in which case Moya, who you will remember is the name of their ship. She's a living ship, a leviathan. She has a child called Talon, and she's involved in a weird custody battle with Bylar Crace, the peacekeeper commander who terrorised them in season one. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay, and finally, finally, because this is the end of this, I promise. Uh, the Expanse, season one, episode seven... Don Quixote's delusion. This is where uh, Avasarala, the one you liked, yeah, the, the you know the sweary you know Secretary General. Oh yeah, yeah. She goes to Montana to see Holden's family. You liked Holden as well. He had the little beard. Oh yeah. Um, and we find out that he was a child born to eight parents, three mothers, and five fathers as part of a genetic collective. So that's his. You remember you like the family sequence from mm-hmm. all of them. It's because that's literally he. He's from DNA spliced from all of them, and they all make him. They're all his parents. So it's. I think you can agree that's a very handy family dynamic for raising a child. Mm. And that's your viewing. I see you've written those all down and uh, logged yeah. them into your yes, uh, queue. Yeah. It's weird, Pick. isn't it, that, that this that one of the big things in this series of Doctor Who is uh, the timeless child. Yes. Yes. I wonder if it's talking about Terry's timeless child. I don't know what that means. And the finale, this is part of TV news actually, but I'm bringing it forward, is going to be called The Timeless Children. <gasps> yeah. Are you sure you're not having twins? I bloody okay. hope not. What if one's been hiding behind the other one the whole time? Mm. 
then I'd like to give that one away. And if you would like to win my child, <laughs> just go to... We are giving Terry's child away on Twitter. Um, also, you'll notice, and this is something, as, as a bit of insider podcast information, Boyd is currently drinking this little ginger thing. Boyd drinks this every week on the podcast, and I've always wanted to ask him what it tastes like. Is it nice? It's just apple juice. But it's a ginger thing, no, isn't it? No, sometimes I have a ginger thing. Oh. This is just the apple juice thing. Well, that's yeah. disappointing. It's a different ginger thing. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Shall we move on to what we're watching? Terry... What have you been watching in this, your final podcast, Before the Child? So I I have this thing where me and my boyfriend, when we've got nothing else to do, which has been quite a lot recently, yeah. you know, nesting. <clears throat> when I say nesting, I mean sitting around the house. Um, to find old crime dramas or procedurals that somehow we haven't seen, which of which there is not a lot. But this week I found one. Um, which isn't a procedural, but it is a crime drama. One of us, and I'm looking at you, Boyd, because you yeah, must remember a bell, this. Rings a bell. So this is BBC, um, and it was basically about two childhood sweethearts who are brutally murdered. She's heavily pregnant at the time, which is slightly triggering. Um, and it's about how their families and neighbours kind of deal with it and what happens to the guy who did it and their families rolling. I don't want to say any more in case you haven't seen it and you're actually doing a watch it. And here's the best bit of it. Juliet Stevenson stars uh, in it, yeah. who is obviously one of the greatest actors ever. It is so pulpy and ridiculous and uh, narratively all over the shop. Joe Dempsey's in it. Um, it's honestly, Boyd, you must have seen it. Yeah, yeah, I'm just looking it up, yeah. You must it have seen it. it. Bell, yeah. And so we binge-watched uh, quite a lot of that this week. And it's... Um, it's very good. And then last night, I very much enjoyed, and I'm going to mention it again, James. Oh, God. And Risk Your Wrath. Britain's... Oh, yeah, I totally watched yeah, it. Yeah, it was great. Right? It's, it's um, the Williams Brothers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it good? Yeah, it was brilliantly pulpy and, and, and riveting, yeah. And yeah. stupid. Yeah. But exactly what I wanted. But last night's uh, British, best British home cook, home cook, best of the home cooks. Oh, it's so brilliant. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh. Is, is it the final yet? Yeah, no, no, no. There, it was the yeah. semi-final. Semi-final, yeah. So good. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. What are you talking about? So you yeah. wouldn't understand. Okay, is this more baked goods-related drama? Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Boyd, what fabulous pastry-based entertainment have you consumed well, this I've week? I've recorded that. I've got oh. that on Sky Q to watch tonight. Um, that'll be a big treat. Um, I caught up with the Good Place finale. No spoilers. No, uh, no spoilers at all. Um, suffice to say that it is absolutely wonderful. Um, I think the general gist is it's one of like it's one of the greatest TV finales ever. People really, are some American critics are saying that. I've seen a few people say that. Okay. I'm not. I I I, I won't go <laughs> that far. Can I look? Yeah. Can I just say the fact he's incredulous even yeah. though he hasn't seen it? No, I know. No, I know. it just it surprised me because the reviews. So yeah, I'm you about want to spoil it. seven episodes behind because it, the, the last season has been it's been fine, but it's not been. Mm. You know, I've got other things to watch. So okay. This makes me want to catch up a lot. Well, same. I, I, the final season is generally not as good because yeah. it has gone yeah. to this place um, where there's just something about what they've decided to do in the final season that makes it slightly less um, funny and less amazing than the previous seasons. Yeah. But it's such an ambitious show. You know, this is a show that's on Prime. Don't forget, obviously, here it's Netflix, but in America mm. it's NBC, primetime NBC, for four seasons has addressed the biggest questions of life, the universe, and everything relentlessly for four seasons with like references to Greek philosophy, all kinds of philosophy. I mean, everything's mm. thrown in there. Um, high culture... 
it's an while being really funny and kind of unashamedly sitcommy in the way that it's made. It's like gag, 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 gag. Um, and with like constant twists and turns, like the best you know kind of high end drama you'd get to, to to kind of sustain that relentlessly over four seasons is really hard. And I don't think it has done that in terms of the general final season, but the finale, which is an hour long special, is wonderful and it's just incredibly emotional and moving and funny. Um, and I absolutely loved it. And I think I think you will love it as well. Whatever you think of the final season, I think. I think people will really, really like it if they're, if, if they're fans of the show. It really did. It feels like he knew what he was going to do. The creator knew what he was mm. going to do all the way through. He was, had the, this, this beginning point and he knew it was going to end roughly like this. Um, and there's a joke about the leftovers in it. Amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, so just on that. Because so. in a way, this is the comedy version of the leftovers. <laughs> yeah. So And there's a leftover joke within the first five minutes of the episode. Brilliant. So yeah. And, uh, and the juice. The deuce. The deuce. With the deuce. <laughs> with, um, As it Maggie, must always be pronounced. Yeah, that finished last week now on Sky um, and like HBO in America. And we very rarely mention it. And I think, I mean, it might partly be because um, obviously the whole James Franco thing is a bit dodgy and a bit unfortunate. Well, more than a bit unfortunate that he was accused of inappropriate behavior with various women um, on the set of this show. And creator David Simon, you know, of The Wire fame had to kind of deal with that and everything. But just forgetting that for a minute, the show itself, I think, is is a really underrated thing because it is three series showing this whole world of New York from the 70s through to the mid 80s where the final season takes place and it's kind of a it's kind of a portrayal of a, of New York society as a whole like the underbelly of New York um and it's also about the porn industry. That's the that was the kind of you know the thing that it started as. It's all about the porn mm. industry, but actually it ends up being about New York itself, and you know these and the kind of people you just don't see on TV really because it's all working class people. It's people you know kind of abused people. It's people dealing with all kinds of issues in their life, and it's an incredible show as you'd expect from David Simon. And I think you know because we're in the world of peak TV where everything's pretty brilliant, or at least yeah. there's loads more. It's kind of been forgotten about, I think. But if this had been on, if the Juice had been on ten years ago, it would have been considered up there with the wire probably it's just an incredible thing but it's kind of gone by the wayside a little bit I think okay there you go well as I am captain late to the party I will say that I have finally got around to pressing on with servant I know I know so I'm now two episodes from the end and it's a whole world of what the fuckness the next one I'm about to watch is the episode Jericho so really geared up for that one but what I really really love about this is that the point of view of the show hops from character to character But the whole texture of the show fundamentally changes depending on whose point of view it is. So when it's Leanne's point of view, you have a completely different feel for what this show is than when it's like, uh, you know, Rupert Grint's or Toby Kebbell's, Toby Kebbell's point of view. And like, you're like, oh, no, she's the evil nanny. And then you see it from her point of view and you're like, oh, hang on, what the hell is this show? Mm. And so many things happen. At this point, I... Like, if you pin me down and tortured me, which in many ways this podcast is... You, Shall we you, do that? Is you yeah. could not, <laughs> I could not tell show. you what this show is about. Like, I couldn't tell you where it's going. I have absolutely no idea. So, uh, well, wait till you see the finale. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying Servant a great deal. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, exactly. but, so how much of a lag have you had between... Quite a few. So I got to the halfway point and then stopped for a couple of months. And now I've sort of picked it up again. Because, you know, there's only so much. Do you, so you, haven't watched, Battle Star you haven't watched the ninth. You haven't watched Jericho. Jericho no, yet. Jericho is next. Is I'm watching the, Jericho right. this evening yeah, and probably think, the last one ooh, as well. Which, which, Crazy Friday Night Round yeah. <laughs> So Thank you, Terry. Uh, but keeping through the baby theme, you know, this yeah. is all, you know, oh, this God, is clearly yeah. a, a maternity show that people should be watching, isn't it, Terry? I mean, it's the best. I think you said this before, Boyd. It's the best episode yeah. of the season, yeah. easily. 
Yeah. I wouldn't expect it, and this isn't a spoiler, don't expect much to be resolved. What, it's been plotted out as a four, is it four seasons? <laughs> he says, yeah, I'm not sure. As a four, four season yeah. story. Wow. Um, which, when I realised that as I got to the end, I was a little bit frustrated. Um, <laughs> but it's, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Are you watching it on your um, laptop or on your big, a big screen? I'm watching it on my iPad at the moment because I'm okay. doing it on the train. I would just say, because that ninth episode has, like, the framing of yeah. certain things. I, I'd say, if you can, watch it on the biggest screen. Okay, okay, good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Watch it on your 174-inch yeah. No, that's Boyd. Yeah. Boyd, oh. Boyd wins is, the TV measuring yeah, competition is. at 75 inches. 78. 70, shut up! No, I won't shut Really? Up. Yeah. 78-inch TV. Yeah. You see, I just call it the penis competition <laughs> and have yeah. done with it. <laughs> that's fair. Massive. That's fair. You just shout massive. (laughs) The penis competition. Massive. Massive. How uh, thick is your bezel? Steady. Come on. (laughs) What the fuck is a bezel? The bezel's the bit bit around the edge of the screen. So like the the rim, if you will, around the edge of the screen. Presumably it's all about thinness of the bezel, is it not? Yeah. Yeah, I was joking. Like it was humorous. It was was, (laughs) humour. I think you'll find my bezel gag. (laughs) I was making an attempt at your earth humour. Clearly it failed. But... Shouldn't the joke have been about girth if you were going to talk about the thickness yeah, but of TVs the... TVs don't have girth, but they do have bezels. Well, the thickness of the bezel would be, is directly related to oh, girth. So what is the girth of your bezel is what I should have yeah. said. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I love the way you're now micromanaging my shit joke. <laughs> this is like being in the worst writer's room in the world. <laughs> all I can do is apologise to all the people who are currently watching us do this, going, what? Yeah. It's fucking 2.30 in the afternoon and I'm watching these bellends scream about girth and TV bezels. Anyway, what have you been watching, James? Server. Oh, yeah, you said <laughs> literally just done it. Anything else? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It's Sorry. almost like you weren't listening. It's almost yeah. like I know I was. you screen out everything I said. <laughs> I just wanted you to move on from the... Fine, fine, fine. The Let's comedy, press comedy on. cul-de-sac uh. that we'd entered. Let's press on. Okay, time now for the listener question. This one comes from Cameron Palin, at Palin Cameron, and he says, apart from the OA, which is to immediately cut you off at the knees, Boyd, if you could bring back one recently cancelled show... What would it be? Crime Watch. <laughs> Did you say Crown Watch? Is this another maternity program? <laughs> that is a brilliant answer. That is such Crime a good watch. answer. Crime, Crime Watch. Crime Watch. Yeah. Um, so, so um, Crime Watch was. Come, this is this is one of my the great burning injustices that keep me up at night, which is after thirty three years, thirty three years. They cancelled Crime Watch. What, because we've solved crime? <laughs> because they said they said the format was more suited to this Crime Watch roadshow, which goes out in the day. All I'm going to say is, <laughs> if anybody watched Crime Watch over the last 33 years, it featured some of the most terrifying graphic reconstructions in modern television. Um, I'm not sure how suited that is to a daytime 2.30 in the afternoon audience. I'm about to find out. Um, but I like Crime Watch was such a massive part of my life, and like, <laughs> and when it was on every month, I always used to tune in. And you know, you had what's um, Nick, 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 um, not Frost. No, not Frost. Nick, not Frost. We not had, not Frost. You had, no, you had Nick, not Frost, who would say, <laughs> <laughs> who would say, who would say at the end of every episode, "Don't have nightmares, do sleep tight." And I remember one time he didn't say it, and the BBC was deluged with complaints because they people, had nightmares. Co- people couldn't sleep because oh they needed that reassurance. And I find some, I, as much like my love of procedurals, there was something reassuring and soothing about watching Crime Watch. And 
it not being me being Nick Ross. Nick Ross. <laughs> and it not being me being like robbed or murdered or something. So I would like to bring back Crime Watch, which I was under the impression was successful, but maybe not. Um uh that's that. Wow. The end. Okay. Boyd? Um Hannibal. Hannibal, that's a good shout. Yeah, that was you. on my long list. Um <laughs> Uh, I loved Hannibal so much, and I think it was like the ultimate expression of Brian Fuller, mm. the, the showrunner and co-creator's kind of um, incredibly bold, daring way of again. This that was it was it was a network TV show, which is probably why it was cancelled. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and he got away with. I mean, it was the most <laughs> no. gory, bloody, uh, operatically violent. Yeah. Sick and twisted show ever on American television, American mainstream television. And he pulled it off for three seasons and it was incredible. And it kind of, and he took the, it's interesting, we're talking about the Stephen King thing later because I think this is a little bit with um, the Thomas Harris world of Science of the Lambs, etc., all those books, um, Hannibal Lecter, what the Stephen King thing, what's it called again? <laughs> we were Castle Rock. That. Castle Rock <laughs> does. Which is, it takes those kind of stories and those books and kind of explores the universe mm. in a kind of really interesting way. And it kind of changes things. It changes the characters, changes the storylines. And partly the reason why, I remember um, uh, a screening of, I think it was the season three, and he actually said he was trying to get the rights to all the Science of the Lambs characters so he could take it onto that stage. And he was having trouble with that because the rights, rights of all those Thomas Harris things are really complicated. Um, and that was partly what was kind of, kind of, affecting the show and how and how NBC would kind of give the green light to it and in the end it, I think it's that scuppered it but he's always gone on about how he'd like to bring it back mm. I really hope he brings it back because I, th- I absolutely loved it it was so spectacularly weird and freaky and brilliant we ran a piece on Hannibal in the yes. previous issue of Pilot TV magazine it was excellent yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good shout I like that oh, I had a few I have so many of these but if we're going if we're going recently because I, I like Rome and Utopia would be up there but I think recent I'd say Outcast is the one that I would really like to come back which one with Patrick Fugit it's based on the Robert Kirkman who did Walking Dead it's based on his graphic novels of the same thing and it's a kind of it's a show about demonic possession but it's not really it's actually about alien invasion kind of but it's sort of like in the envelope of demonic possession and it was really really compelling and really full on it had Brent Spiner in it and uh, and um, what's his chops Glenister what's his name Philip, Philip, Philip Glenister, Glenister. Philip Glenister. Know, are you pointing at me as you I, shout I knew Glenister. you'd know and uh <laughs> And I no, I really, really loved it. But it and it just it was one of these things where they had season one, they had season two, and then season three just never materialised. It wasn't cancelled, it wasn't renewed, it just didn't happen. And then a few years went by and it still hadn't happened, and then someone mentioned, Oh yeah, it's not coming back. So it was never like it was in the ether for ages, and I was really gutted because I wanted to know what happened. But there is a comic. So is this a cha- is there a chance it was actually never cancelled? And I just didn't see it. And no, but you know, there's that's reason shows don't come back. Being cancelled is one of them. Yeah. Other people choosing not to do them is another. Are you mm. saying it was because of demonic possession? Am I saying that maybe you haven't answered the question correctly? Oh, hang on. No, but if a show which is not finished doesn't come back you, and, and it's because of the network, which it almost certainly was. But uh, we don't know that for a fact, serving. do we? You're undermining my cancellation. Mm, I know, yeah. I know. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Outcast then. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, Cameron, I hope that has answered your question. If you would like to have your question answered or not or talked around or whatever it is that we do here, then do feel free to send it to us via DM on Twitter at Pilot TV Mag. Now, I do declare it is time for news. And what better place to start than with Sunday's Super Bowl trailers, which included our first look at a triumvirate of Disney Plus Marvel shows. 
Did yeah. it? I mean, yeah. I would like I would like exhibit A notice. I was then speaking. Terry was doing. What is it you're doing? What is this? I was, I was that's looking. Unbelievable! At Just reading a website. I no, was, no, no. This that's that clearly was, the news. This is for news. Yeah. Which, is by it? the way, isn't on the Empire website, which is why I'm not on the Empire website. <laughs> um, and I was also looking at my fringe because it's bothering me a little bit. Mm. You're looking at your like, in a reflection or using the camera in the FaceTime. In the FaceTime, <laughs> <laughs> looking at your fringe in the FaceTime. You should have. Where's your phone? You should have brought up the, the live feed and then you could have seen how it looks live. No, thank you. No, okay, fine. Um, so what did you think of our fr- brief glimpse of Falcon and Winter Soldier, our brief glimpse of WandaVision and our very, very brief glimpse yeah. of Loki? Well, I was most excited, I have to say, by WandaVision, which looks absolutely deranged. Yeah, it's batshit. Um, it's kind of frustrating, right? Because they rolled all of the Disney Plus stuff in together in a very short, what, 30 second spot? Like, not much longer than that. Mm. So you kind of got these teasers at all of them, but no real substance for any of them. But One Division, I think, is the one we still know the least about and seems the most experimental and the most out there. Um, And you definitely got that in the 10 seconds or what they devoted Mm. to it. Um, But I didn't get much else from it other than that. Oh, okay. I was excited, but show me more. Yeah. Well, it was it was a brief glimpse. Now, I got the impression the Loki bit was filmed specifically, f- like, it didn't yeah, feel like it was part of the no. show. It was filmed for the Super Bowl yeah. slot. Uh, so that was that was interesting. Boyd, were you in any way moved? Uh, it, it, looked, it looked very exciting, yeah, but as I say, it was quite confusing because there, mu- there wasn't much to, mm. uh, to cling on to. And I was more excited about the actual um, Super Bowl, to be fair. It was perhaps... Which was one of the greatest Super Bowls ever, yeah. Did who you was, say who was, Yeah, totally. Who, who was playing? It was the San Francisco 49ers and the others. You don't know who I the other team was. Either. It was the greatest Super Bowl I mean, ever, and oh, you don't know who was playing. I have no, I wow. no skin in the game, as they say. It was just a really te- close game, and, the, and yeah, and the other team. So I'm just going to fall in eyes with 10 points ahead, and the other team. The, the other, other team. team. <laughs> the other team yeah. had some touchdowns, and they won in the end. You were just like, if it wasn't Arsenal, yeah. you don't care. And J Lo and Thingy were great as well. Oh, J Lo. J Lo, phenomenal. What position does she play? <laughs> She's. <laughs> Good, good, funny, yeah. good, funny joke. Um, yeah, it was good. Shakira, that's the name I keep keep thinking. We, I, I mean, everyone's forgetting names almost as much as me, but Jayla and Shakira were okay. in half time. So, to be honest, I can't even remember what that bloody Marvel trailer was like because I was excited about that. Fair enough. But there's been other Disney Plus news in that we have found out that uh, um, Division has come forward. Mm-hmm. So we're now going to see Division turn up in December of this year, which it wasn't before. So now Division, Falcon, Winter Soldier and... Is it those two or is it Loki? Loki's next Just year, is it? Loki's, yeah, Loki's next, next year. year. And Falcon, Winter Soldier came forward slightly Yes, that's come forward as well. Uh, it's almost as if they've realised they you need know to have that, some shows. Do you know that all this is going to be evened up and look, all the territories are going to be the same once it launches in our territory? Yes. So the day and so okay. once we've caught up on the stuff that's already launched mm. elsewhere, it's going to be day and date globally. Okay. Yeah, I, I had assumed that was the case. Mm. Okay. Uh, and they've said, isn't John Favreau confirmed that Mandalorian season two is October this year? Yes, which gives us just about enough time to watch season one <laughs> when that appears. Thank you very much, John Favreau. But that's you know it's all good stuff. I'm very excited. Um, also, Owen Wilson is going to be in Loki. Did you hear this? Yes. Yeah. I mean, who the fuck he's going to play? <laughs> I have no idea. But sure, uh, I'm there for that. I think that's fun. 
As long as you're there for it, that's the main thing. Thank you, Boyd. Yeah. Thank you, Boyd. I think so. Yeah. Um, would you like to share some news, Boyd? I would. About, I don't know, a team that you know the name of? Whatever Ooh. you like. Oh, <laughs> God. Just because I can remember the name of the bloody team. <laughs> um, there's lots of exciting comedy news this week. Um, the trip to Greece, um, uh, there was a screening, which I might have hosted in the middle of the week, and it was confirmed. I, I'm a huge fan of the trips. Um, I know Terry is. <laughs> and um, Rob Bryden and Steve Coogan messing around as exaggerated versions of themselves in lavish locations, eating delicious food doesn't get any better than that for me sure absolutely loved it every series and they confirmed this is the last series so this, they're saying oh no yes I know devd um, they're saying that this final trip to Greece because it kind of is an odyssey it's you know they all they also kind of allude to philosophical historical literary things and in this they kind of there's a lot of stuff about the actual odyssey of Homer etc what are you looking at I was curious to see if it was still working. <laughs> I don't know how long these are allowed there to go, go on for. For oh. all I know, there's like a 20-minute limit okay. and it's already done. Okay. This seems to be going. Okay. Um, anyway, yes, yeah, so Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon and Michael Winterbottom, director, said we think this we intend this to be the last ever series. So that was news. And it's going to be on March the 3rd on Sky One and Now TV and people who like that thing will absolutely fucking love it. And another comedy thing, Seinfeld has arrived on all four. All of it, right? Well, Every three seasons so far. right. Launched on Friday, and then each Friday from now on, another season will Ooh, drop. Oh, that's a good way so, to do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So by March, I think roughly all nine seasons and 180 episodes will be on all four for free, even though in another year's time it's going to be on Netflix. It's weird. Does this but mean that's that any night now you can sit down, yes. watch Seinfeld, and be master of your own domain? F yes, absolutely. That was a very funny Seinfeld game. Oh, yeah. my God. Neither, but neither of those are ex- as exciting as the real comedy news this Go week. On. Which Fr- is? Friends. Yes. I so, don't, don't know what this is. So Matthew Perry, um, it was either a tweet or an Instagram he put out just saying kind of, you know, stay tuned for some news. Obviously, they'd previously been shared, I think, on either Courtney Cox or Jennifer Aniston's Instagram account, a group selfie. Uh-huh. Um, so... The, the chat is that they've signed a deal for a one-off special, which is going to be used to launch the Warner Brothers um, streaming service, essentially. Um, and it'll go out on HBO Max, right? I think so, yeah. Um, but they're all back in. One special, one hour, three to four million dollars each. But I think by weren't by the end they were being paid a million per yeah. episode. I'm surprised yeah. they're not getting a so, lot more than that. Yeah, because at first I was like, bloody. And yeah. then I was like, hang on, they were getting a million at the end anyway. And obviously now what's going to happen, and I presume it's just a kind of a, a one-off special, much like, you know, Gavin and Stacey, for yeah. example. Um, and uh, Marta Kaufman and David Crane are said to be involved. Um, so, I mean, here's the thing. Is it always the debate, which is... Part of me is like terribly, 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 terribly excited because there's only I've watched every episode, existing episode of Friends, approximately seven thousand times. But what can they possibly do not to? I think the because because I read this on on the deadline version of the story, which said that it's going to be an unscripted special. What? Yeah. What is an unscripted? So what special? it is is I feel it's more like a celebration of the show with all of them there together. So not in, in character. Studio. No. It's not a script. It's not an extra. It's not a new episode of Friends. So like, it's, think of it as a celebration of Friends with them all there. That's why well, they're not like getting, chatting. Yeah, chatting. That seems entirely. Oh, who cares? Yeah, inessential. Well, I mean, it's still, I'm still excited about that personally because I. Yeah. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, really? See them all talking about it. But yeah, it's not, It's as far as I'm aware, it's not another episode of Friends, like a proper... So when they say one fake hour... Fake news, Terry White, fake news. But when news. they say one hour special, yeah, well, I think that's what it says. It's not them being a bit unclear about it. One hour reunion special. Mm, because um, Deadline says um, they expected to get together for an unscripted reunion special. It will help launch the upcoming streaming platform HBO Max, where the Friends library is one of the main attractions. And it says they've reached an agreement in principle with the series producers to gather for an hour. Um, they'll be paid three to four million, as you say. Incredible. But yeah, unscripted is the key word in that story, I think. Oh, my God. But wouldn't you just love it if it was like the actual <laughs> meaning of unscripted, which is like they all come on well, and improv, do. Improv. improv. I mean, that would be <laughs> and do, amazing. And do Friends yeah. improv. That would that be would, Wouldn't that be brilliant? Well, someone, yeah. one, of our, one of our listeners, uh, contacted me on social media, said that Marcel, despite all probability, is still alive. I don't know if this is true. But if he is, then the little crack monkey should totally come on and do it as well. Well, there is a story in Empire about the monkey um, in our news section. And we had a very long debate in the office about whether Marcel was actually alive and what was the verdict is we couldn't decide because he apparently he's in a new film and i was like the hang david on. lynch short yeah, yeah but yeah. i was like hang on how long do monkeys live for yeah, we yeah. did this we covered this on the podcast we asked siri and we found out oh yeah but <laughs> yeah. so how can it can it like yeah so there, there seems to be some disagreement on whether it is actually marcel or not yeah there is yeah yeah that's true we don't know which is unresolved yeah. could be a Marcel relation I think relative yeah. yeah okay well either way this sounds like something that isn't essential but sure okay. Ooh. well it doesn't I don't need to see them sitting around banging on about friends I want oh, to see, see them that, do yeah. friends like that well, would be yeah. you know more interesting I don't think they can yeah. do that no alright uh, Terry you brought up the Viola Davis first ladies news have you seen this <laughs> Why would that be, James? Because you like Viola Davis. Because of my vagina. Lady news. Yes. Excuse me. I think you found you haven't tackled this week's pressing lady news. (laughs) Right. Fine. How did your vagina miss this one? (laughs) It's been a bit busy, James. (laughs) Anyway... Showtime has picked up a White House set drama, First Lady, starring Viola Davis as Michelle Obama. This is really old, isn't it? It's been picked up. Oh, yeah. Okay. They, I think we would discuss it. When it's been it, ordered to series. Like it was, it was a mooted. thing. Yeah, it was, it was mooted, mooted, but now it's a thing. <laughs> it's mooted. And it's now there's a picture of them together. Have you seen it? Uh, I haven't Violet, seen the picture. Violet and uh, Michelle Obama together. It is yeah. no longer moo. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's mooted. That's a friend's joke. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. Well on. Um, Anything else, Boyd? Oh, I want to mention, I kind of mentioned it, but just to say that the, so Doctor Who will have a two-part finale. Mm. Um, I know you're very excited about it, James. But the first part of it is called Ascension of the Cybermen. So, yes, it is all about the Cybermen. The Cybermen. I'm very disappointed it does not involve the Jadoon. Well, oh, they might fuck, be, they could be back. The they're the not Jadoon. coming back. No, but okay. th- in that recent episode where they were like, oh, have you ever met a yeah. Cyberman? Yeah. Where um, uh, Captain Jack yeah. and they were like, yeah. no. And he was like, oh, I was like, they're coming back. They're coming back. Yeah, they are coming back. And so it, it takes place at the end of the great cyber war between the Cybermen and mankind at a point where things are getting desperate for both sides. What does that mean for humanity? So that's the first part of the finale. And the second part, which is the Timeless Children, as I mentioned earlier, is a 65-minute special wrap-up of the whole series. And we presume that the other Doctor we talked about last week and we're accused of spoiling it um, it will be back as well oh yeah you took some shit about that on social media I noticed I think you know look at his delight I am delighted you were thrilled I'm delighted because people are giving you guys shit and not me for a change who was the one who didn't put on the fucking timestamp yeah right Fucking time. All right, indeed. I may have had a plot, a part to play in this. It's, a plot, it's, a plot, a plot, a plot to pay. Yeah. I may have had a plot to pay. <laughs> yeah, oh, so it's God. all very exciting for Doctor Who. Ray Donovan's been cancelled. That was a real shame. 
Thank Ter- Terry doesn't give a like, fuck. Oh yeah. uh, no, but it's like, it was really no. good. And also, what the fuck else has Showtime got going on? Uh, I was like, I was really disappointed when that got cancelled. I really like Ray Donovan. Admittedly, I have not yet watched the seventh season, but uh, seven seasons, and that's quite a lot, isn't but it? But it was, but it's one of these ones where it's not been brought to an end. They've just stopped it, so there will be no conclusion. It would just oh, end it, which okay. is a shame. That's a shame. So. It does star uh, fascist in chief John Voight. Oh, well. <laughs> that oh, is well. true. Ah, oh, well, says Terry. Uh, anything else? Chris Pratt's doing a series with <laughs> Antoine Fuqua. Remember that? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anything else? Tony Collette is starring in a new Netflix thing called Pieces of Her based on the novel by Karen Slaughter. Okay. Yeah. Good. It's going to be good. Netflix likes you turn off autoplay. Yes. So yes. That's big news, isn't yeah. it? Because that's yeah. deeply fucking irritating. So, yeah, because we were yeah. talking about this, weren't we? It's in, the trailers, isn't it? In terms of us mm. um, accidentally watching something and that being counted as a view with um, Netflix's well, new Was it because you've been able to turn off the play at the end of an episode before, but this take it doesn't the, the trailers don't or autoplay, am I right? It d- uh, disables automatic previews. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, those, Which is good. Those sound annoying. So, yeah. yes. Those sound annoying. <laughs> um, have you seen, you remember the Lost Boys? You remember they were reshooting the Lost Boys and then they completely abandoned it. They're now redoing the pilot, completely recasting, retooling, reimagining. So it is happening, but differently. Because Catherine Hardwick one, Hardwick's one is now dead. Oh, okay. So they're now doing a new one of Lost Boys. So, sure, why not? I still believe, as it were. It's good. Good joke, that. It's good. That was a good joke. It's a good joke. Um, so, is that it for news? Are we done with news? I yes. Think so. Presumably, no one wants to talk about Kevin Hart and John Travolta's new show, Die Hart, which sounds like the worst thing ever Isn't made. Isn't that Queeby? It is Queeby. Would you like me to read you the synopsis? Uh, you've cunningly, cunningly, just as we said we would stopping news, you then extended it cunningly <laughs> yeah. with this story, but go on. Yeah, I do this. Die Hart will follow Kevin Hart as a meta version of himself who's tired of always getting cast as a comedic sidekick. <laughs> he gets his wish when a famous director offers him his dream to be a leading man action star, but there's a catch. Kevin must first train at the world's greatest action star school run by a lunatic, brackets, John Travolta. Pushed to his limits by this action school coach and a tough-minded rival student, Kevin must survive a scene of hilarious over-the-top action sequences and face his fears if he wants to achieve his dream and land the role of a lifetime. It does sound terrible, doesn't it? But amazing. On yeah, Queeby. Yeah, amazing. I mean, Subscribe to Queeby now. <laughs> yeah. I quite like the idea of John Travolta doing an out-and-out like, comedy thing. Yeah, But also being like probably face-off Travolta, right? Mm, and being yeah. full deranged. Yeah, that could be fun. That could but be he was fun. only really fun when he was... John Travolta doing Nick, Nick Cage, Cage yeah. which are very, is a very particular convergence of yeah, events. Yeah, and in itself very meta. Yeah, that film was great. Um, okay, should we retire news? Uh, yeah, let's retire news. Yeah. We're done with news. Okay, good. So, on to this week's reviews. Uh, first up this week is season two of Stephen King anthology series Castle Rock. Season two of this show takes its cue from King's book Misery and sees everyone's favourite caregiver Annie Wilkes, played here by Mean Girls Liz- Lizzie Kaplan, uh, on the run from the police with her teenage daughter, who's played by eighth grade's Elsie Fisher. Uh, and in true Misery fashion, this features some psychotic episodes, use of the phrase dirty bird, and some unorthodox use of an ice cream scoop. Terry, does Castle Rock... <laughs> Oh. oh, was that it? Sorry. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Again, very good. not listening. Nice. I really wasn't because I didn't know I was leading on this one. You're just like, you're just like, oh, James is it. talking again. There must be something else I can do. So, it's fine. So I didn't know 
so I think I must have been off for the podcast where we reviewed this the first time. Mm. Um, so I started watching the first episode. Of At least you one. didn't watch like Castle Rock, the Arabic show. I know, but, I know, you know. right? Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, my brain may be melting at this point. I seem incapable of following basic instructions. But um, so I, I clearly found season two, um, and I believe Lizzie Kaplan is new this season, right? She is. It was anthology, so it's all. Uh, yeah. Well, let's just start with the headline, which is Lizzie Kaplan is fucking amazing. Yes, yeah, she so, is. Holy shite. <laughs> she is just brilliant. And what I love about her is there is just enough Kathy Bates in misery in there yeah. for it to be these amazing little echoes and ticks. But she's so, and there's a, there's one speech, a spectacular kind of righteous speech she gives her daughter Joy, where she is full Kathy Bates in that moment. The pacing, the rhythm, the intonation of her speech, the way she plays it is just brilliant. But what I also love about her is that you've discovered this kind of vulnerability and kind of not a backstory so much but you start to understand some of her motivations um there is a death scene and i won't say any more than that that had me proper gipping i was literally (laughs) i am heavily pregnant but i was like it was it's very graphic but very brilliantly done really really brilliantly done Amazing use of Let the River Run yes. throughout it, right? Oh, the musical Simon. beginning. That was the, the best episode. thing about the whole thing. It was the incredible. musical beginning and it bookends the end, yeah. and that yeah. isn't a spoiler. Yeah. The Who use sings of this it, song? Carly, Carly Simon. Simon. Sure. Um, you've never heard of Carly Simon. <laughs> <laughs> no. So don't even pretend you have. Um, there are kind of the, the bits I found tricky where there are disparate stories. So there's this tension with the Smalley community, yeah. this family r- run Which is by. Which Abdi, isn't it? From yes. Captain Phillips. And run by Tom, Tim Robbins, who plays the kind of big patriarch and uh, to your earlier point Boyd obviously this is more kind of inspired by bits of Stephen King different settings different characters Mm. so you've got different subplots lots of different elements um, as opposed to it being a actual adaptation of a single piece of Stephen King text Um, so how those stories come together I've only watched the first episode um, and I found the the mother-daughter relationship, the most compelling thing mm. in the first episode. Actually, the scenes between... There were a couple of really beautiful scenes between them. There's a line, they're talking, and um, she says to Joy, I'm a, I'm a searcher who just wants to settle. And it gives you such an amazing insight, actually, into Annie Wilkes as we know her later in Misery. Um and it's got done with real delicacy. And Elsie Fisher is just fucking incredible. She's right? so, she was brilliant in eighth grade. And eighth grade, like, so good, so good. I love the atmosphere. I loved how it was shot. There's, I mean, there's a last shot which is amazing. I had bits of bits of it. I didn't really know what was going on, which was the kind of subplot stuff and the disparate threads. But um, uh, I massively enjoyed this very much. And Liz, I mean. Lizzie, I could watch Lizzie Kaplan do this <laughs> all day, yeah. every day. Boyd? Yeah, I, I, I do agree. I think it is, it's brilliantly done. I mean, the, the, that opening scene with the Carly Simon song is, yeah. is just so great. And then it, it comes back. Things like that are just fantastically well done. It's beautifully filmed and everyone in it is brilliant. My one, I think I said this about the first series, and I still feel the same way about this thing. Is that it's such a the, the whole like all of the illusions, all the very kind of knowing Stephen King illusions, and you know the the Salem's Lot 
stuff that's, that happens that um, Tim Robbins is in it not playing his character from Shawshank but another yeah. guy the same way Sissy Spacek was in season yeah. one you know I, I kind of you love those people in fact the season Sissy Spacek episode of season one was the best episode and was brilliant one of the best episodes of that year's TV whenever it was um, and I'm sure he'll get his, ep- his own episode as well but I find it slightly contrived it slightly takes me out of the whole thing that there are so many King references happening and you're trying to keep track of them all and it's not just and it's not and yet it's not an adaptation of anything it's just kind of and also what like for example it, this is set in the present day with iPhones and stuff mm. and yet it's kind of it's a prequel to to the misery which was well, it's ago. not it's I not know, though is it I know. Like, it's all it's all just riffing I know it? it's riffing, riffing it's like a cover the cover version it is but it's but I find it slightly distracting from from the from the, you know if it was a story about the, this the mother and daughter and her drug issues and all of that and what's happening but everything else slightly slightly takes me out of it I have to say the more of those and there are so many I mean they pack them in Mm. and it's almost like they're having a great time in the King (laughs) universe and they want to make as many references as possible to every Stephen King thing you've ever heard about ever but I find that a bit distracting from the main and I think if, if they got rid of that or at least toned it down a bit I, I would be able to focus more on the brilliance of it because we've already got the outsider going on, which I love, which yep. I'm still loving, by the way. Yeah. And that hasn't got any of that's just a straight down the line, really. And they've got a lot in common these things because the the king thing about working class lives in this small town America, gritty that gritty thing he's got going before he then unleashes whatever supernatural thing he's going to unleash. That. It's, it's so similarly done in these two shows, in a way. You know, they've got a lot in common, apart from the obvious fact they've got the Stephen King thing, just the way they're made and the way they're filmed and the, the colour palette and all of that is quite similar. Mm. And yet The Outsider, I think, is better in the end because it's not encumbered with all of that referring and knowing and, and all of that postmodern stuff going on. That's my feeling. The Outsider is neater, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. clearer in what it wants to do. It's just more involving. And, and not, I'm never distracted. I mm. am distracted by this. Well, I just, I, for me, this, this is all about the performance. Like, mm. exactly what you said. I think Lizzie Kaplan is so compelling as Annie Wilkes and she's such a great character both yeah. in the book and indeed Kathy Bates' situation in the film that yeah I, I can watch it just for her and and the relationship she has with her daughter and how she's finding her way through being on the run from the police and having mental illness and not being able to get medicated and all these various things and the subplot with the Somali community I thought was I thought it was needed I think you needed a B plot just to kind of keep things moving but I was really interested with this I, I thought it was a, a great really interesting episode and I'm genuinely not sure where it's going either so because we only got to see the first one but uh, but yeah I, I think this is good and I think again because this is anthology it doesn't matter if you've seen Castle Rock season one feel free like Terry to well <laughs> randomly mix and match the two but um, you know jump straight into season two because it's 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 great and this um, this drops on Stars Play on Thursday February the 13th so Castle Rock mm. all of it I believe all of it at once all of the Castle Rocks or Castle's Rock that's the correct plural, oh isn't it? Yeah. Um, right, anyway, so next up this week, we have the eighth and final series of Homeland. Now, this is a show that's been absent for our screen since the beginning of 2018. And last time we caught up with Claire Danes' Carrie Matheson, she was being tortured in a Russian prison. Uh, but now she's back and on a secret mission to Afghanistan as part of the CIA's attempt to make peace with the Taliban. Boyd, what say thee, yay or NSA? <laughs> 
That's brilliant, I have to say. These are good, just so these you're are, aware, these are, these are now these deliberately are getting as partridge as humanly <laughs> yeah. possible. It's important you know that I have the self-awareness to Yeah, know that's that. great. But not the self-awareness to stop. Exactly, <laughs> no, exactly. First of all, welcome back to Mandy Batinkin, the greatest yes. beard on television. Mm. You killed his father, prepared to die. His um, whiskers are something to behold. He has good beard, Incredible doesn't he? Incredible facial hair. I love beard like that. Yeah, and I also love his character and mm. I love his performance. He is one of the, I, I, everything he does, he's just got this soulful thing going on. So even when he's being a bit of a twat, mm. which he has to be in Homeland quite a lot, yeah. let's face it, because he's an American operative, kind of a political slash yeah. espionage. Causing operative. havoc in Causing the Middle Causing havoc East. in the world, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's absolutely phenomenal. And of course, so is she. The, the thing, the, the kind of comedy thing that people always, after months, years and years and years of Homeland, is that she spends half the show crying. She still does. <laughs> I mean, she still has to yeah. like maintain this level of high tension and anxiety and everyone's having a go at her everyone's constantly thinking she's doing the wrong thing everyone's telling her she's doing the wrong thing out and out I mean half the time she is but she just deals with that so brilliantly and she kind of makes it even even though it gets a bit repetitive after after eight series of it <laughs> I still think she does such a brilliant job of making that character human and real and I still think this show and there are so many of these shows now aren't there you know we've had lots of programs in since this since Homeland started mm. trying to be very topical about the world of international geopolitics and intelligence and terrorism and all of that I still think this show probably does it better than almost all of them it's so current you know it feels like now they've moved on to the Taliban and America negotiating with the Taliban. Yeah, it's very Which off, is something off only now. recently, you know, they'll even admit, but it clearly is happening. And I like the fact that she's asking questions about that, the kind of like that the viewers asking, are you really, you know, is Russia really mm. um, um, selling arms and dealing with the Taliban and mm. all of that? So I think it's, it's in, it just feels incredibly authentic and real to me. Um, you know, almost like you're watching a documentary of what's happening in Afghanistan right now. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally down with it. It's an odd series, isn't it? Because it, it started as that adaptation of the Israeli show, didn't it? the Prisoners mm. of War show. And um, when you had uh, Damien Lewis as the kind of, turned POW returned to the US like that first season was really tense a little bit like silly in a 24 way but really really good and then it kind of went off the boil over the next couple of years we just got progressively more stupid where they kept Damien Lewis into it but really didn't know what to do with the story and I think when they reset it I think with the Germany season I thought oh now this is good now it feels quite borny it feels very sort of like gritty espionage thrillery mm. um, thrillery I really I really liked it from then um, it does still have its moments of utter stupidity <laughs> But it's good, and I think she she does that that performance. She took a lot of shit early on for overacting, and I actually think what she does is present a really interesting look at mental illness. Like she, the character is bipolar, and I think portrays it very well. Not in the way that like how she is when she's on her medication, how she is when she's off her medication, how the medication makes her feel, and how she deber- deliberately uses coming off the medication sometimes to her advantage. Mm-hmm. Like she, it's And the way it's... Admittedly, we've been to this place a few times before, but she's been in prison, they've denied her medication, she's had like psychotic episodes and whatnot. And, and her, this season, obviously I've only seen the first two, but it seems that you're unpacking a political mystery, there's an espionage thing involving the Taliban, there's a subplot with Pakistan going on, but she's also trying to piece together in her brain... What has happened over the last 12 months that she was a prisoner in Russia and what it is she might have said? Because as she points out in the first episode of this, her brain can't distinguish between fact and fiction because she's off her medication and she's not sure what's real and what isn't, what she's told and what she hasn't. Has she betrayed her country? Hasn't she? And that's that's pretty fascinating as a subplot. So I'm, I'm all over this. It's a shame this is ending. I do love this this show, daft as it is. Um, but, you know, Terry, did you watch the previous 
seven seasons. Or? So this this is like EastEnders for me, right? In that <laughs> I um, watched the first three, and then I yeah. was like, "This is fucking stupid." Episodes or seasons? <laughs> seasons. Right. Okay. And then I stopped watching it. And then when you said we were reviewing, I was like, "Oh Christ! How am I going to jump back in at season eight? It turns out it's super easy. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just the same as it was. It's just the same as it was. And yes, she. I was like, it opened, and she's and she's crying within yeah. five minutes. So I was like, of course. <laughs> but I I'm with you, which is that I think it. And I haven't seen where it left off, but you, there's literally a last time on Homeland, which tells you in brilliantly yeah. in in like 15 seconds. She has always been the fascinating thing about her character is she's always been the ultimate patriot, right? She's sacrificed her relationship with her child. She sacrificed her mental health at times yep. because she feels like it enables her to be a better operative. Um, and any kind of semblance often of a personal life or a healthy functioning life. She's literally been a prisoner of war in Russia and been tortured, clearly. Been driven to the point of a psychotic break because they withheld her medication for quite some time. And so what's really interesting is it does start to dig into... What is patriotism? Who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? All of that, those amazing grey areas that I think Homeland have always dug around mm. in. And could she have betrayed her country? Could her own mind have been or undoing and allowed her to betray her own country? And that I find really fascinating, really fascinating. The way it kind of peels back the layers over the first episode is done so smartly. But to your point as well, you forget, like, when this started, you would watch it, and in one episode, you would get almost like a feature film amount of incredible action, dramatic tension. And this is this is, first episode is directed incredibly well, mm. and it's the same, the pace of it, the rhythm. And even though... You know, there are loads of great TV shows and far more than when Homeland first came out. It still does what it does exceptionally well, but it also manages to feel really fresh and relevant because it's absolutely right there on the, 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 the as you call it, geopolitical, whatever, you sounded dead clever. Thanks. That moves dead quickly and they're already talking about, you know, mm. when they're talking about Russia now, they wouldn't have been talking about Russia in that way pre-Trump. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. It's, yeah. it's absolutely yeah. incredible. So I'm now well back into Homeland to the point where I want to go back to the beginning, start all over again, because I still think season one is just But we all know incredible. that this, like Game of Thrones, you're not going to, even though you're about to have loads of free time. Yes, because that's how childbirth and child rearing works. <laughs> but I may do. I may do. I may surprise you. Yeah. What else uh, am I going to be doing? All of, all of Game of Thrones first, then you can get into Homeland. Nah. Nah. I, I, what I really like about this, I, what I really like about espionage, is I enjoy like the minutiae of the spy craft. I love yeah. the, you know, the dead drops and the quick turns mm. and the disguises and the nipping oh, in them, here. And Them watching her, on her on her texting. Oh, brilliant. Like, that was love brilliant. it. Now, yeah. and I think, but I think they do that better in this show than they do in things like Jack Ryan. Because I think this feels... <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, not difficult, I know. Yeah. I know. But, but, you, no, but you're but actually right. But this feels so right, real. Yes. Like, whereas, I feel like I'm watching yeah. what would actually happen. Yeah. If you, yeah. As if opposed you to on 24, right. which is the fantasy yeah. version exactly. Yeah. Exactly. of what, how this works. Yeah. Although, do you remember when Jack Bauer was a POW in 24? He was being tortured by the Chinese. And the series ended with him being captured. But there was a web miniseries sponsored by, I think it was BMW, which showed him being tortured. So in between the two seasons, <laughs> while he was in prison, you got to go on. Is it brought to you by BMW? and it's just Jack being beaten up while strung up on a ceiling and you're like what the fuck is this and why does it make me want to buy a car yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was That's very amazing. peculiar so maybe they That's should good. have done this with this anyway Homeland season 8 this drops on channel 4 Sunday February the 14th at 9pm 
February for 16th, 14th is a Friday. Sunday, this drops on Channel 4, Sunday, February the 16th at 9pm. Right, appropriately this week, our final show is The End. This is a 10-part Australian drama that starts with a trigger warning and stars Frances O'Connor as a palliative nurse whose mother comes to live nearby in Australia after having tried to take her own life. Now, Terry, this has death, suicide, misery and family dysfunction. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this probably went down quite well. Oh, God, I absolutely loved this. I was so moved. I was I was crying. I It was the last thing I watched for the podcast, and I watched it at 6 o'clock this morning, and I was crying my eyes out. Um, and also, at the same time, thinking, James is going to fucking hate this. Absolutely going to hate this. Or just not understand it. I did, at the minute, I couldn't work out for about the first 10 minutes whether it was a comedy or not. I was like, is this a comedy? I, I'm unsure. Am I supposed to be laughing? It's oh, not clear to God. me. So this has been called a youth Asia drama, right? That is the kind of tag that's yeah. been tossed around. And it's so much more than that. It's Australian. I don't know why that's relevant, but it kind of is. Um, it was a co-pro between um, Foxtel and, and Sky. Um, and it, it's a really simple story, which is it open... I mean, and this isn't a spoiler because this is kind of out there and it happens straight away, which is it starts with this suicide attempt. Um, and... I mean, it's quite graphic from the get-go. No wonder there's a trigger warning. Yeah. It really is. And but also a bit slapstick. Uh, kind of, yeah. There's a, there's Hence a, the comedy thing. There I was is, like, is a, joke. a joke. There is a couple of jokes which are, you know... Yeah. And it's, it's quite dark. funny. It's like, black. Yeah, it super black. dark. But, and she goes... Um, this is Harriet Walters in The Crown, Downton Abbey, who is an amazing actor. And I have to say, she she's the one who kind of ripped me apart. And she is... The mother and she ends up having to go to Australia, as you say, after this suicide attempt to be looked after by her daughter, who happens to be a doc- doctor in palliative. Palli- I can't say that word. Palliative. Pal- or palliative. It's not no, palliative. palliative. It's not palliative. Palliative. Pal- palliative. 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 Whatever. Should we do some kind of Instagram poll? Palliative. Palliative care. And so they're kind of seemingly at opposite ends of this debate, which is, you know, and actually. It isn't just about euthanasia. It's about cancer, infidelity, alcoholism, assisted suicide. I mean, all in 29 minutes, we should also say. And its obsession really is with death and and life at the same time, which is how you live it, who gets to dictate how you die, do you get to choose how you die, what is our kind of, when is too much too much and what are your options in that scenario? Do you have the right to choose to leave the world if you decide it's not for you anymore? Um, And you have this mother and daughter who are seemingly at opposite ends of this debate because the mother is suicidal and the daughter is trying to help people who are dying who often don't want to die um i just thought it was beautiful i thought it was um funny in places there is all i'm going to say about the way it ends is the final scene Mm. is one of the most extraordinary bold scenes that i've seen on telly in a long time Mm. it completely took my breath away and And it's interesting, right, because this is about women of a certain age. This is two kind of middle-aged women, one kind of slightly later life woman. And it doesn't surprise me that it's by the same production company as uh, Top of the Lake, for example. It's got that kind of 
female-centred um, and not about a certain type of woman, about women at a really difficult point and really difficult ages and, and women you don't often see on telly. So who is telling the story of a woman in her you know, 50s or 60s who discovers pretty much her entire life's been a lie because her husband's been a dick for, and, and is looking back going, what was it all for? There is a lot of stories about men going, what was it all for? The Irishman. But <laughs> what is it all for and what is it all about and what is the point of it? I just like I immediately was like why haven't we got a second episode when can I watch it I want to watch it all it's 10 parts I can't wait to watch all 10 parts I just think it's extraordinary yeah I mean it's it, the word raw is what yeah. came to it's raw it is it is comedic I mean undoubtedly no, I mean, it's not just me it's not just okay, you okay good it is I mean it's definitely trying to be I think possibly the blackest most raw and you you were kind of confused as to is it comedy isn't it comedy I think it is a, a very 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 black comedy um, essentially we, you know a comedy drama but it is unflinchingly raw mm. and people say that about a lot of black comedies now I mean you know from Fleabag to every, every you know there are a lot of raw we've we've reviewed half of them on this show but this is like something else isn't it it's like, and and that last scene as you say which we won't spoil that is what for me like okay this is on another level of dealing with the most difficult issues death everything around death mm. um and illness and um both mental and physical and all of that it is it's pretty extraordinary and unique, I think, from that point of view. Um, the ki- her kids are really interesting; mm. they're interesting characters. It's just it's. And I, I, I watched two, two episodes, and it kind of and it, there are kind of um, like fantastical sequences, almost like dream sequences. You don't know what it. It really is an ambitious thing, I think. And it's like, can we actually make a half hour black, black, black comedy about death and euthanasia? And yes, you can, because it is so good. It's fantastic. James, I'm fascinated. Go on. I didn't like. I didn't hate it. I just. I was a bit like, meh. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So, I thought you'd have quite a strong reaction to it. I wasn't no, expecting. No, I didn't. Meh. I didn't have. I. I didn't have a hugely strong reaction to it. I. I didn't. I like at the beginning. I was like, again. I was have thought. What was that show that was not a comedy and I thought was a comedy about the guy getting fired? Remember that we did a while oh, back? Yeah. What was that called? I thought it was that situation. I was, yeah. like, I was watching this like, is this a comedy? I don't know. And I was getting really anxious. Like, am I supposed to find this funny? This is really odd. And I found the bit of the suicide, ironically, the suicide bit at the beginning I found very funny. <laughs> this may say a lot about me. Um, but uh, after that, I just, I didn't really hugely engage with it. I think it had a couple of very powerful moments. I think she was exceptional in it. Mm. And that sequence you're talking about at the end was very, very powerful. And there were a couple of other bits in there just looking at, this sense she has of overwhelming sort of regret and sorrow that they all think she's mourning for her husband, but there's more to it than that. And she's looking back at her life and taking stock of it and coming up short. And I thought that was, uh, you know, but it, it's, I mean, it's quite emotionally draining, the show is. It's quite like, I found it quite an ordeal. Not in that it was boring, but I just felt a little bit at the end, like emotionally exhausted. And so I didn't want to watch another one after that. I was like, I've, I've seen one. I understand what this is. I'm done now. Please let me get back to Battlestar Galactica, uh, my happy place. But, you know, is it well made? Yes. Is it funny? No. As it's, it's, it's gently, subtly, blackly comic, yeah, isn't yeah. it? And it's, it's extreme. It's yeah. Yeah. And, and it all hinges on, I think, her specific yes. performance. All the comedy tends to emanate from her, as does all the emotional heft and all the sorrow. That's not to say that Frances O'Connor and the others aren't very good as well. And I think the, I won't call it a subplot, but the, the, the fact that Frances O'Connor has a trans son who, uh, I thought, and the way the... So his grandmother 
deals with that is quite funny, but also they don't make a meal of it. Like, it's kind of something that's covered yeah, that was, in passing. The children are um, called Oberon and Persephone. Yeah, yeah. which are fantastic funny. names. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this it's just, it's not really me, is it? Like, no, it's no. just its just not me. Absolutely not. No. But it but is, it's not a meth show, no, is it? No, no, no. I mean, like, I'd no, rather I mean, you... <laughs> Uh, no, but uh, but in terms of my reaction, like, uh, do I think it's brilliant? No, like, it's not really for me. Do I think it's bad? No, like, for me, it's it's not so much meh. It's more just like, I appreciate this. I think it's good. I never want to see it again. That's oh. that's where How I am. How can you get to the end of it and never want to see it mm. again? Like, uh, doesn't Harriet Walter just completely break your heart? And yes, then... that's why I don't want to see oh, it anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah, keep it's forgetting. It's too depressing. I don't like misery porn. This is where you live. Your aversion to other people's Yeah, pain. I yeah. don't need to, to suffer along with the people on there unless they're Cylons. Oh, my God. So, that is the end, and uh, that drops on Sky Atlantic and Now TV on Monday, February the 10th at 10pm. What is also out? Also out this week, Boyd, is The Split on BBC One. Yeah, The Split is um, a very... It, it's a kind of... Um, quite soapy, melodramatic story about um, a, a, a lawyer's, three lawyers who are sisters and their mother runs the law firm. So it's kind of, um, it's written by Abby Morgan who's done a lot of great stuff um, and I really like it. It's quite, it's unashamedly kind of over the top. It's very like metropolitan elite, you know, L- North London, yeah. Primrose Hill, spoil, yeah, right, spoil and it's kind of unashamedly kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's quasi-satirical of those people because it is showing how self-absorbed and selfish out and out selfish they are but I, I it's incredibly entertaining and in the, in the, in this series the they always have a lot of legal cases that run alongside the general kind of background of the private lives of these characters all having affairs with each other left right and center etc and the legal case in this one is about a fictional um tv star tv presenter and her um celebrity boyfriend who's a big music scene person and played by ben bailey smith and um i actually thought that was dealt with very authentically because obviously i you know my work for heat magazine and the way they've dealt with this celebrity couple and what's going on with them is really well done i thought and they do a kind of mail online story about them that's been invented by one of them and i thought that worked really well so it's it's a kind of entertaining show, the split on BBC One, and they're putting I think they're putting it all out as a box set okay. from Tuesday. Okay, on Tuesday, February the eleventh, and uh, work in progress lands on Sky Comedy. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Either. Excellent. We don't know what that is, but it lands on Sky Comedy on Wednesday, February the 12th I mean, at 9.40pm. It'll definitely be an American Impulse because all Sky everything on Sky American Comedy is, Impulse, yes. Yeah. So whatever that is, brilliant. Now, pick of the week, Terry. The end. Boyd. Um... I think I might go the end as well, actually. Well, I'm outvoted. I would say Homeland because obviously I would say Homeland, but apparently it is because because it's your last show, Terry. Pick of the week is the end. Hang on, do not <laughs> gift it to oh, me. We've yeah. w- there are two That's of brilliant. us, one of you. Yeah. Therefore, yeah. one two beats one. Okay, so yeah. you're saying democracy trumps my magnanimous nature. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Um, fine. Okay, the end. Pick of the week. Um, before we go, should we have a final banshee for you, Terry? Would you like to judge one last time before you go? Um, Boyd, what have you got for us? The Letdown is an Australian, also Australian comedy series. So this um, is your hook, Australia? No, well, you'll see. It's, okay. it's there are two series of it. It's all on Netflix. It was really, really good. I remember when it arrived, kind of, it, was, it had a big critical um, uh, acclaim surrounding it, and Netflix uh, got it, and they put it on. And it's a, unash- it's a completely no-holds-barred look at the world of mother groups after you've given birth. Ooh. 
and um, it's like if it's oddball mothers group. It's like all the all the basically. I feel like if you watch it, you you once you get into that moment where you have to, you're supposed to bond mothers. You know, you're like you're supposed to bond with all the people who happen to have given birth roughly the same time as you. This is all about that. It's like the pressure to socialize with those people, no matter what you think of them. They could be really annoying, eccentric, just outright terrible people, and you still expect to bond with them because you're a fellow mother. But there's lots of there's is very very funny stuff about the issues of breastfeeding. All the issues of newborns are dealt with in this very entertaining and funny way in The Letdown on Netflix. Sounds like a vision of my future. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why I picked it. Well, my hook is Stephen King, Uh, and I'm going to Banshee Under the Dome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this was a... So, Boyd wins Banshee! (laughs) (laughs) This gives you... A brief insight into the corruption endemic to the Pilot TV podcast. Oh my God, under the dome, go on. Yeah, okay, so this ran for three seasons from 2013 to 2015, and it tells the story of the residents of Chester's Mill, uh, which is an American town, when a massive, transparent, indestructible dome suddenly lands over their town and cuts them off from the wider world. And military forces and the government get involved. They start launching nukes at the dome to try and bring it down. Like, they do everything. Nothing can get through this dome. So all of them are, are stuck in there, and... It becomes this sort of weird show about the melodrama of the characters in the town just getting on with their lives, but also completely cut off from the outside world and how do they survive and things like that. But like, so there's one bit where the 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 son of the councilman has like got some poor girl and he's locked her in a shelter and won't let her out. Like it's really dark in places as well. It's got Rachel Lefevre in it as a reporter, um, she who was in the first Twilight and then not the others. Uh, Dean Norris is in this. He's the councilman. Plays Big Jim, the councilman, and Mike Vogel who plays Barbie, who's like this mysterious guy with a strange past, um, and. <laughs> It starts off with this weird thing. You're like, what is this dome? Like, he's like, is the dome, dome kind of, it's based on the Stephen King novel of the same name, but is the dome instrumental to what's going on? But then, then, when you get into season three, it gets positively batshit. So it involves an alien race called the Kinship. I was going to say, where are the spaceships? A magic egg and how it creates a great big fuck off force field. So it does uh. go properly daft in season three, whereas the first two are much more, more character led things. Uh, it's and, basically like the Simpsons movie, isn't it? With the yeah, dome. Yeah, it's a little bit like yeah. that. Yes. But what's, what's good about this in the book? In the book of Under the Dome, Stephen King references Jack Reacher as a real character. Oh, and it's at this point that the convergence of the Kingverse and the Reacherverse collide, meaning that Jack Reacher is canon in Stephen King, which means everything that happens in Stephen King is canon in Jack Reacher. And that is mental. You are. Anyway, that's Under the Dome. You can sure you can pick that up for very little money at a shop. <laughs> I would quite like to watch season one of The Dome. Yeah, before the kinship come in. I'm not interested Mm. in the spaceships. The problem with that is I think it might be too much reality. Oh no! I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna give you an entertaining way. I think you're gonna be able to bond with the fictional characters, and you, as and opposed it, yeah. to the real mothers yeah. that I'm meant to bond yeah, with. Yeah, exactly. I think it might. make you. I think it'll be fine. I mean, I've no idea if that's true. I'm gonna give it to James. Hey, in a shock result. Oh, unbelievable! Amazing. It's like a parting gift. Thank you, Terry. You're I welcome. appreciate that. Super. Ah. Oh. And that is it for our special live episode. And uh, that is it for Terry's final pre-birth episode of the Pilot TV podcast. Uh, if you'd like to review either this show or Terry's pregnancy, then feel free to do so on <laughs> iTunes. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on social and keep in touch with Terry while she's off, she's on Terry underscore White, while Boyd and I are at Boyd Hilton and at James C. Diet, respectively. And if you're one of the lucky people who've been watching along with the live feed, then you're clearly following me already. So thanks and hi. Um... 
<laughs> Two out of three of us will be back next week for uh, another show. But don't fret because we all know Terry will not be able to stay away for long. Uh, and Beth Webb will be keeping her seat warm until she returns. Terry, do you have a final message for the listeners of the Pilot TV podcast before you sign off? Never listen to James. <laughs> well, carry on listening to the podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't. Yeah. I mean, please abandon be, the podcast, yeah. is what you're saying. <laughs> right. Okay. Don't take stop that, listening literally. to the podcast, yeah, but, you know, take what James says with a pinch of salt. That seems like good advice, and, doesn't it? And, Boyd, you're going to be here to temper things, right? Yeah, yeah I will be Are you tempering. going to give Beth notes on things to yell at me, things to throw at me, abuse to. Beth is her own woman, mm. and she will, I'm sure, find her own space special way of dealing with you. Well, I did give her homework. I told her she needed to watch the mini-series of Battlestar Galactica before coming on next week's podcast. <laughs> so she thinks you're a bell in the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least good. we've that's got good. that cleared up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's already established. Yeah, I'll drink my ginger drink. Brilliant. Well, that is it from Terry, but don't be sad, all my new followers. Keep an eye on your Instagram notifications about a week from now when I'll be popping up to live stream the birth direct from Terry's hospital room. Until then, pilot out. Pilot out. 